Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Two Schmo Show. My name's the infamous Orion. I'm Cairo. And he's at the beach. I'm, I'm at the beach. Son if of a you beach. hear wind, I apologize. <laughs> what are you doing at the only, beach? I can, I can only flex so hard. <laughs> no, uh, so I'm actually out camping this weekend. And the internet's pretty bad all around, but... We were out at the beach this morning, and turns out it's actually not too bad out here. So, I'm I've got my phone, I've got my headset, and live on the scene of Gun Lake. I don't know why you wanted to do the show like when you're on vacation, but I'll 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 swing with it. it. It's a fun thing to do, you know. I enjoy doing it. Yeah, I will. And say if I can, if I can still do it, you know, all the better. The show is kind of therapy therapied for me too. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about y'all in your states, if you're listening outside of Michigan, but it is the apocalypse here in Michigan today because uh, we have to mandatorily wear a mask, and I'm sure I will see violence today. Yeah, it's not going to be great for a lot of people. Um, oh, yeah. It's definitely the right move by Whitmer, but it's not something that's making a lot of people happy. Oh, my gosh. You know how many Facebook rants I've seen today? I don't even. I, I, all of them, I would assume. Oh my god! It's got to be a terrible. I'm gonna pull up my Facebook real quick and see how long it takes me to find a rant about mask. <laughs> Dude. I can't imagine it'll be too long. Um, I'm seeing one for pro mask. That's a pleasant surprise. Yeah. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. <laughs> uh. Um. Oh, gee whiz. It's taking a lot longer than I thought it would take. Just boomer memes. Boomer memes. Hey, Facebook doesn't want to give me the pleasure. Well, hey, maybe they finally started doing their jobs. Maybe. Um, mm, something mildly racist from someone who doesn't understand the viewpoint. <laughs> um, boomer memes. Boomer memes. If you can't tell, I'm mainly on Facebook just to stay with the boomers in my family. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that. that's how it is. There we go. And it's a picture of uh, Tucker Carlson at that. Yeah, Tucker Carlson. Did you hear what happened with his writer? I did not know he had a writer, which I'm not surprised it makes too much sense it doesn't it he's i didn't know he was reading off a teleprompter the whole time that's hilarious mm-hmm. to me i just think it's amazing that someone can be such a racist that having that kind of a a platform isn't enough to get it out of your system that you have to go and do recreational racism in your free time outside of that to get your fill i love how you called it recreational racism i mean that's what it feels like yeah it's like it's like the guy has to do it compulsively or something. I'm honestly surprised that they actually fired the guy. For those of you that don't know, um, Tucker Carlson's top writer had a secret double life as a um, <laughs> sexist, racist uh, online forum poster, which he was an online forum poster. Um, Who would have thought that a senior writer at Fox News of all places <laughs> never would have guessed it? Not fair and balanced. Not fair and balanced at all. Uh, this is going to be a good day for uh, taking cheap shots. It is. 
Um, for one respect, this has kind of altered me a little bit on Tucker Carlson to know he was actually saying someone else's words, which yeah makes me wonder. I'm not surprised by it. Yeah. I mean, the guy is – the whole there, – there's a really good uh, video. I don't know if it's still up. It used to be on Fox by Carlos Maza, I think it is, where oh, wow. he broke down – what? Do you know him? No. Um, um, I was looking at a news oh. article, and it started playing an oh. ad, and it was immediately screaming children and glass breaking, ah. and it got me, like, yeah. right in my ear. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, where I am, you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> Uh, but, but Carlos Maza, he used to be a contributing writer for Vox. Before he, he he's like two left for for Vox, Jeez. which should say something. <laughs> he was putting out too many controversial opinions on his personal social media account, so they I think they just had to let him go. But he has his own platforms that he does stuff on now, and he's still, even if he's controversial, he's very entertaining to watch, and he's usually able to back up most of his stuff with. Uh, credible you know facts and stuff even facts and logic yeah he's very clearly opinionated though oh yeah but uh he put out a piece probably a year and a half ago now about tucker carlson and how much of a hypocrite he is like to such an extreme and there's even some interview that he did i don't remember when it was a while back where like carlson admits to all of these things where he is like he is the the elite like absolutely he is the elite that he goes on to the show and tries to complain about for hours a day and it's just such a pile of crap i would love to just be in the shoes of one of these guys for like a day and find out what their lives are actually like oh yeah because i mean you know tucker carlson he's got to be massively wealthy at this point he comes from money his family is ridiculously wealthy he's been a news pundit for the better part of his life and you know, at a certain point, that pay is really damn well, just for the hours you put into it. Twenty million dollars is his net worth. Yeah, and then he has the hypocrisy to go onto his show and complain about the elites and try and act like he's some common man. His salary is six million dollars. Mm-hmm. Because you know, how does that? He's living so off that minimum only... wage. I was gonna say, not only is he a massive hypocrite, he's just bad with his money. I don't get how he's making six million dollars a year. Six million dollars a year. He's got to be in his fifties at this point. Let me see. But he makes that much money, and he's only worth twenty million dollars. What are you doing with your money? You're not donating it to people. That's fifty-one dollars. I'm sorry, fifty-one years old. My bad. Yeah. I just see him for money now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, In more boy. positive news, I've been seeing a pretty cool uh, hashtag on Twitter starting. Yeah. Um, this is I've seen a couple of movements like this in the last couple of months, particularly with COVID going around and people in general sort of struggling to get by. Um, there's been a lot of creative arts types of people who have been struggling. And this morning I was following a couple of threads that were starting up from something called the Nobody Artists Club. Oh, yes. I've Which, heard about that. Yeah. I oh. guess the idea of it is to give uh, better exposure for younger or newer artists who don't have huge social media followings so that people can sort of help find them. I And there's actually... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
Um, I don't want to knock anybody who's getting attention off that because clearly they do deserve it. Yep. But I have also seen like the Marvel artist that I follow. They're like, hey, nobody artist under ten thousand club, and it's like these yep. professional Marvel writers who are doing like Spider Man, Venom, and all right, that. Right. Um, who are just like, yeah, we get no work whatsoever. Look at us, we're nobodies. Yep. That was one of the things that I was seeing from this, is there was two really good threads where the first was talking about how there are a lot of huge artists out there who make, you know, like, six-figure level money yeah, who don't have practically any social media following because they're making art. That's their job. They're busy. They don't need to be on social media. They don't need exposure. They're doing all the work that they need to do already. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Also, yeah. Uh, I'm looking up more about Tucker Carlson. Yep. He was a CNN commentator. I don't doubt it. Yeah. For everybody. I mean, who has... CNN pulls people from both sides. They actually do that. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I saw was someone who was talking in one of these threads for the Nobody Artist Club, and they posted, you know, because there's a bunch of people posting their commission prices and stuff. Yeah. And there's this one person who has, like, no followers practically at all, but he does work for, you know, major companies. He gets real money for his commissions from these companies. And he's, you know, he posts his prices out there, and it's, like, four figures minimum for a lot of these commissions that he's talking about. And he's getting blasted by all these people talking about how expensive he is. And someone comes in, and he's just like, this is ridiculous. If you want a commission, I'll do it for, you know, like, a tenth the price, a hundredth the price. And somebody finally had to step in with, like, a 30-tweet blog post, practically, talking about how, look, if you want to go and do commissions for tens of dollars at a time, that's fine, but don't act like you can actually make a living off of it. Ouch. Because this guy, you know, he has, you know, like, think about how much money a successful person makes in a month. That's got to be close to, like, five to ten grand a month. To be, you know, to have made it, I guess, at that point. To be living very comfortably. You mean furry So it makes sense. If you're the kind of person that does, like, one big commission for a company a month, that's got to be what your price for it is, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And there's just all these people that just don't understand how it works. And it's really interesting just to see all the different sides of it. The art world, to me, has always been kind of scary. Because you have, like, all these elitists who say, you know, you have to do this and this and this to be a good artist. And then here comes the furry artist who makes way more money than they'll ever make. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're an artist out there and you need to make a quick buck, just start doing porn. Because people will buy it up and they'll pay stupid money for it. I will never take any art major seriously about their, like, opinions about what it takes to make it in the industry when there's some yep. dude sitting in his mother's basement making five grand a commission on furry art yep 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 as long as you're willing to stoop low enough there's gonna be a niche yeah and it's weird because a lot of the times when you get into these like more obscure niches there's people in there with a lot of money to throw around because you know they're successful people they can't exactly go out in public and talk about this kind of stuff it would affect their public credibility of course so they stay on the internet and they work on the internet but they've got a lot of money that they're willing to throw around what was it there was a someone who does a webtoon i don't remember which one it is though that makes 
damn near 10 grand a month just off of Patreon. Ouch. For one, for one of their webtoons that they do that uploads, like, every other week. And they make stupid amounts of money off of it. And at that point, it's like, why not? Why wouldn't you do that? That's crazy. I follow a lot of just small up-and-coming YouTubers. And they always say, like, yeah, I'm opening a Patreon, and if just 3% of my viewers donated $1, I'd be full-time. And I look at yeah. it, and I'm like, oh, 3%? Yeah, that's 3,000 people. $3,000, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's good money. <laughs> it's, and it works, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little disgusting, but at the same time, I, I, I agree with the hustle. Yep. Yeah, I totally get the hustle. The problem that I have is... There was one of the the e thoughts who <laughs> was do, said something about how like she she got really mad about it too. She was like, if every like she was acting angry that people were watching her stream without giving her money at all, <laughs> and it was something like you know why don't you have five dollars to give a month? You should have five dollars a month, and it's just like okay, go start an OnlyFans already. Holy shit! Yeah, support your local e girl. Come on. Mm-hmm. No, these people, these aren't these aren't e girls. These are definitely e thoughts. Yeah, and it's because well, of this degeneracy. And that's it. I take internet elitism so poorly, you know. Mhm. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, have you seen the latest? Uh, it's like this is one of the normiest memes I think I've ever seen with the cutting into the super realistic cake. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been seeing that all over the place. It is Oh man. So there's one of the YouTubers I follow, Smeto Media, started a meme review. It's basically a meme review. Yeah. Series that he's doing. And oh my god, he actually has one. <laughs> I just pulled up YouTube and that's like just uploaded. I'm glad he's done it. <laughs> um he's he's very talented at it. But he started this meme review thing and one of the things that he grades his memes on is, is it normie? <laughs> In this case, there's no way this isn't like a 10 out of 10 on the normie scale. It's so bad. I always wondered about us doing a meme review, but at the same time, I don't know what we could possibly contribute to meme reviews to make it worthwhile. Yeah, I feel like that's an established enough area that people have covered that I don't think we could contribute that much to it. Yeah, I agree. And the, the kind of people who do it, I mean, it's they do it, like, full-time. It's a it's a hustle. Oh, yeah. Especially with all the stuff that, you know, comes and goes so fast. But, yeah, it's... It's something. It truly is something. It's just so weird to see, like, just scrolling through Twitter in the morning, and it's just like, what is this? What am I looking at? Why is this a thing? Speaking and of... And the really weird thing... It's like, where did it come from? Because it's not like... I, I don't know. I need to watch some videos on it to figure out where it came from. Because it seems like it all just happened overnight. Like, it just exploded. I think there was one giant viral video of really realistic cakes. Like, I'm sorry. Is there someone in, like, some small Asian country who's just been faking? Yeah. Yeah. There, there must have been something that kicked it off. But, like, all these people, they must have just been like, Oh, well, that's viral. I gotta go make a cake. And I'm gonna make it real. Cake boss starts breathing very heavily. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Like we've had whole TV shows for this already. I remember there's this really edgy one that came out years ago, which it looked like a sleeping baby. 
and then someone drove a knife into it and it revealed it was a cake. <laughs> and it just m- reminded me of how PC the internet has turned, where like yeah. that really edgy joke has turned into this and it became a viral sensation. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ones that I've seen for it is it was uh, one of the esports teams who I follow on Twitter. Yeah. Posted a video. It was one of their like executive types guys who does their social media. He posted a video of like what looks like a stack of pancakes, you know, very typical stack of pancakes with a nice square piece of butter on top and the syrup drizzling down the sides. And it's this like it's like a thirty second bit, so it's pretty long of him just slowly cutting into one side and then slowly cutting the wedge out the other side and then re- pulling it away to reveal that it's actually just a stack of fucking pancakes. <laughs> and that's like that's the kind of irony that I feel like we need, we need more of that. We need more people to make fun of this kind of crap. I just I remember I posted this one thing on uh, Instagram yesterday, retweeted actually. Um, that was basically like food science how to make a commercial meal look better than it is and during that um they took cardboard and put it in between slices of pancakes and it shows you just how they make the pancakes look so thick and then they start drizzling the syrup only to reveal it's motor oil (laughs) i believe it yeah what was it there was one of them i saw that was like a bowl of soup or something that was showing how they get everything to perfectly stay on the top. That, that was part of the video. There's I... barely any soup. There's like, it's a super thin bowl. Yeah. It's like a super thick bowl. There's there's barely a layer of soup. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's it's really weird how they make this science. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, at that point though, it is really an art. It is. It, it's like arts and crafts. Yeah. Yeah. Um. To go back to that uh, trend of like degenerate art and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've told people on here I've made a symphony before, right? Yes. I go to a music Discord to get that um, symphony checked out by my fellow musicians, just anonymous online people, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this review I keep on my phone of the f- first person on that Discord to like listen to it, right? And um, oh, I'm going to pull it up because I want to quote it specifically because um, it was it was a very mean review. Very, very mean. Yeah. Um, uh, um, where was it? Here it is. First impressions. This symphony has got some medieval vibes, but are those? And then he starts putting in the meme font for jazz chords mm-hmm. and um goes off for a little bit about some other things but at this point he puts down at four minutes in as a listener i don't care about this piece and i just think it's not fit for listening it's clearly background music Mm. and then later that day he posts a lo-fi hip-hop beat with an anime girl as the cover art (laughs) clearly a man of class clearly i i don't know how to feel about this and there was another guy that said if only my talents were realized sooner um, and I was born in the right era, I could have been something. I, 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 yeah, he pulls the, uh, my, the, not my generation music argument. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That first one, though, that, that is, like, copy pasta worthy. <laughs> like, just substitute the jazz chords with insert thing here that is actually not that controversial, but they think it is. <laughs> I could yeah. see that working. 
the weird thing about being a jazz musician that hangs out with classical musicians is the jazz community has like a million memes in it. Yeah. That all classical musicians think the jazz community is nothing but memesters. <laughs> That's a real thing in music. I believe it. I'd imagine it's pretty easy to tell which one, which group has more fun, though. Oh, dude, there's like a whole jazz Reddit where there's just nothing but memes, and it's the funniest thing ever. It's pretty good. Yeah. And it's very easy to understand that the, these people are mainly just like college students who are trying to get music de- degrees. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Yep. In fact, Related. I think I might send you some of these jazz memes because they are <coughs> spicy. I would definitely appreciate them. Yes. I probably won't understand all of them, but I feel like I've absorbed enough that I should get most of it. I mean, you've roomed with me for three years. Right. As long as it's not, like, too heavy into theory or anything like that. No, no, no. It's purely on jazz culture. Oh, yeah. For sure, then. Yeah. Definitely send it my way. Um, I'll send one right now because I'm just that funny. And, of course, I had to send them through my phone. Yes. I don't remember if I can find it here. Let's check this out. (laughs) It's a Photoshop edit for everybody at home of John Coltrane smoking a huge joint instead of his uh, saxophone. And it says, um, John Coltrane is preparing to pass you the boof. Will you accept? Here's another one. <laughs> it is um one of those angry woke jaws, um with the uh, the Chad woke jaw that says, "Jazz music sounds bad," and angry woke jaws going into the argument of how you have to train your ears to listen to jazz, and then there's free jazz musicians that says. Um, Chad says, it sound bad. And another Chad says, I know. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite memes of the last month. Oh, really? It's really good. I've seen some really good ones in some of the uh, Rainbow Six subreddits that I follow. <laughs> where one of them was comparing it to, like, I think it was Overwatch or something. Where it's, like, Overwatch players, and it has the the chad one and it's like this game sucks and then it has the one no this game doesn't suck you just don't understand how to that and that and that and the two 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 meta and it goes on and it says rainbow six players this game sucks i know (laughs) uh it's just virgin versus chad over and over again but i love it it is i did see that uh it was william osmond Made made it all the way onto white people Twitter. Okay. I'm gonna see if I can find this post again. It was just today. William Osman. He tweeted. Uh. Oh, I don't know if I can find it now. I can hear the birds in your background. I don't doubt it. There's a couple of really aggressive ones trying to get some snacks. Get them. this one he tweeted out i have decided not to pay taxes this year don't feel like i've gotten much value from the government recently and within in like an hour it was on white people 
Uh. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm I'm reading your meme. Oh, I sent him one that says, "Uh, nobody." Miles Davis in the '80s. I'm about to make some weird shit. Somebody responded to the tax tax evasion thing with a deep fried Johnny Bravo meme with Johnny Bravo dancing over a psychedelic background that just says the Bible doesn't say shit about not committing tax fraud. <laughs> that's kind of like that's the level of irony that I'm on. That's like the perfect amount of irony. That is my humor. That is yes. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I think we're having too much fun on this. We got to get to the depressions. Where's the news? Yeah, the news. So Florida sucks. Florida does suck. Ugh. I'm sorry. I do have to make a quick sidetrack here. Yes. Um, with the cake memes thing. Someone has created a Twitter account called Huge Nintendo DS. Okay. Nintendo DS Cake with the Google search for Huge Nintendo DS on both screens of the Nintendo DS Cake. And it is sent from Nintendo or sent from Twitter. Uh, Cairo? This is where we need to be. You were cutting out a little bit there. Oh, sorry. So this is uh, part of the, the cake memes? Yeah. And somebody made a new Twitter account called Huge Nintendo DS at Huge Nintendo DS. And they posted, and this is probably their only post. No, this is actually a recurring post. Apparently this is, this is a, a Twitter account where they post pictures of Huge Nintendo DSs that have been photoshopped in. But they posted a picture of one that is part of a cake meme and it it's just a huge nintendo ds with <laughs> like it's just everything about it is perfect it was sent from twitter for nintendo dsi <laughs> i didn't know that was even a thing it was a thing i remember yeah. that it's just all it's perfect it's this a... is like this is my irony this is what i want i i just i love those things that go out for like the extra mile of irony mm -hmm. like those posts that are sent from the samsung smart fridge yes it's so dumb but it's it's great oh it is it's, it's beautiful <laughs> i'm glad to see that some of these cake memes are starting to actually get created i feel like it takes a moment it did Someone says, I hurt myself today to see if I was cake. Were they? They, I, I don't know. Are the cakes among us? <laughs> the cake knife cut a slice and suddenly I knew. Instead of flesh and blood, turns out I'm angel food. What have I become, your sweetest friend? Everyone knows I take a bite in the end. <laughs> and you can have it all, my empire of cake. I will let you down. I will make you bake. Oh my god. That's great. Oh. Uh, the meme has ascended. <laughs> it's certified dank. Yeah. They did it.
But uh, back to, uh, I guess, sad boy hours. Yes. So Florida has crossed the record. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a global record. I feel like it probably is for uh, greatest number of COVID cases in a region with I think the official number I heard was 15,290 yesterday. Ouch. And for, I guess, for some perspective on it, the peak in New York, where everything got bad really fast, only peaked at like 12,000 something. So this is already past New York, and there's no real shelter in place. There's no stay-at-home orders. They have some places closed. I think the the major one that I heard was uh, bars can't serve alcohol or something like that. That's pretty much it. Do you and go on? It's such a mess. Do you believe in that theory about boomers getting lead poisoned? I haven't heard this. Okay, so there is a theory that because gasoline for like most of the boomer lifespan, um, was like had lead in it to fill it out, you know, to like water yeah. it down. That um, boomers living the most of their life with lead in the atmosphere, being chugged into their breathing air and whatnot, are now just experiencing some form of lead poisoning, and that's why their logic cannot make some sense at times. I don't know. It's a really interesting theory, but... I don't know enough to say one way or the other. I feel like we should have seen something before now. Yeah. For a lot of people, it could definitely be a factor, though. But I don't know enough to speculate one way or the other. I, I, I would say that it's probably just as much people uh, being raised in and taught that, you know, just American culture in general. Yeah. It's really selfish. And people just buy into it completely. Are you cost. saying that we aren't number one? Um... No, not really. Not at this point. Heresy. Unfortunately. No. Just one too many things that we are objectively bad at. There was a pretty good analogy that I heard the other day where someone was calling America basically a third world nation with a Gucci purse. (laughs) And it's pretty accurate. (laughs) I love it. It's like, damn. Yeah. I mean, in reality, we're, of course, not nearly as bad as an actual third-world nation. Oh, no. It's a good analogy for talking about it. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel so... I don't know. This was, like, the first Fourth of July where I didn't feel patriotic whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I was pretty done with, like, everybody's crap. Yep. It's tough. It really is. I always feel like there's, like, this war against the educated in America because there's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard a pretty good chip uh, post the other day talking about Betsy DeVos. And someone was commenting about how Betsy DeVos needs to spend a week in an elementary school classroom for once in her life. Yes. And, like, every comment after that was, but what about the kids she would have to be with? What about... They shouldn't have to go through that either. Oh, jeez. There's just been so many steps back in, like, so many obvious areas. Like, we had 
our education system was on the right track for a time and then it just stopped then the fire nation attacked <laughs> fire nation attacked yeah i mean when you have an education system that's known to give kids anxiety and cause these mass shootings as mm-hmm. a prominent culture of it yeah you can you call that successful i don't know how you can no i mean it's just i was talking with some of my people at work about this because you know i mean where i work pretty much everyone has a degree at least some degree some college education yeah and we're talking about how high school is set up to push kids to go to college pretty much exclusively even when just looking at the numbers of it the vast majority of kids aren't going to go to college that's just how the numbers work out you know there's not enough colleges and not enough college seats for everyone to make it into a an actual real university and get a real degree and then and even at the college level it's all pretty damn focused on getting everyone to go to grad school even though there's even less seats when you get to that point it's a problem i wouldn't say that per se i don't know i didn't feel that in all of that i don't know so for me looking at like the whole second half of my education in hindsight pretty much everything that we did chemistry-wise was setting up for, like, grad school type stuff, Hmm. you know? Even if I go to grad school, there's a lot of areas of chemistry that I'm not going to need to know. You you know, there's some theories and stuff, but, I mean, most of that stuff you get in the first couple of years with the sort of groundwork stuff. And I guess it'd be really hard at a university like all of it to do it, but at the bigger schools, you would hope that they would have more opportunities for students to learn about the more business side of science and much less the research side of it you know have like one of the great ideas that i heard was having a class for method development like think about any job ever you're gonna need to know how to design a new process for doing something at some point that's just a reality and that's something that most most people are completely unprepared to deal with because you're never taught how to do that. You're never taught how to actually think critically about something in a way of designing something new, something that is your own, and then being able to explain it to someone else in a way that makes sense. And especially in the sciences, that's a huge part of the day-to-day for a lot of scientists is developing a new process and then needing to be able to explain it to someone else so that they can do it too. You know, I have to really agree with that, though. Like, and I'm just going to call it out right now. I don't think we teach critical thinking in our schools. Mm-hmm. That when yep. there's comes these people who do develop these skills by accident, yep. um, they tend to rise up to the top of their class pretty damn easily. Yep, yep. And that's the reason why, you know, it's kind of a meme, but there's a reason that having an MBA instead of an actual master's in your field is so valuable from like a leadership perspective because it gives you a really well-rounded knowledge on a lot of practical things. Yeah. I, I'm i going to just speak from my own major, but yeah, yeah, of course. in the journalism and mass communications field that I was in, a lot of our stuff felt like vocational training, and we didn't really touch on the hardcore academics we only touched on it really the beginning of the curriculum and the end of the curriculum, hmm. which I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because 
when it came to the hardcore academics, I... Okay, let me just put it this way. So they would have to take two classes, which I would call, like, super hardcore academics, right? Right. Um, and then there was the early theory stuff. So yep. the early theory was, like, intro to mass communications, intro to public speaking, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then the hardcore academics were mass communications, law and ethics, and mass communications theory. Mm-hmm. Only one of those classes are offered, like, every other year. So right. Right. Um, if you're a junior, you're going to take one of them then take the other your senior year. Um, my senior year, I'd say the hardest one was probably mass communications theory, mm-hmm. um, even though I don't think it was that hard. But I was in that class with a lot of sophomores who really wanted to just get it over with, which I thought was a really bad idea. Yeah, that's not a good attitude. No. Um, because I feel I was the only one in that class that was understanding any of it, because I was the only one actually having discussions about subjects with the professor. Right. And it, I don't know, I don't know if it was because I had this vocational stuff under my belt that led me to that, or if it was just because I know I've gotten really good at critical thinking. Yeah. But I don't know if it was just a matter of everybody else was just trained to think more in a practical sense rather than a theoretical that led to them struggling in that class. But even the people who were supposed to be there, like other seniors and a junior who just got bad luck, um, they were struggling with that class a lot. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I definitely think there's some comparisons there to the chemistry program that all of it had because we had a lot of classes for um, – you know, pretty much starting in like sophomore year with, you know, there's organic chemistry, inorganic chemistry, physical chemistry, analytical chemistry. And the reality of it is that you're not even going to use half of anything that you in those classes in a real job. Because unless you're going on to a master's program or a PhD program or anything past undergrad, for the most part, what you're going to be doing is either paperwork, which you don't need a degree to do at all, or you're going to be doing stuff on a bench where everything is going to be pretty to the letter spelled out how to do it by someone who has a master's or a doctorate who does research because the company that you're working for needs to have things be repeatable. I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah. So they have a method that they developed 20 years ago that they've been using for the last 20 years that they know works. And it doesn't matter how much chemistry theory you know, you're not going to be able to use it in your day-to-day job for the most part. Unless you get way up the chain. But at that point, when you've been out of school for 10 years and you're just finally getting into a research position because you worked your way up the chain, you're not going to remember any of that stuff. It's been way too long since you used it. Yeah, that's the catch-22 of an education sometimes. Yeah. Like, in the end, I'd rather have these skills than not have them. But at the same time, it's a matter of how you're going to practice to polish them off and not let them grow dull. I think for me, the the big thing for me that I realized was that there were so many other skills that even though I'm a good chemist, I don't know how to use a lot of these computer systems that we have at my work. And there's a huge learning curve when you have to do that, when you've not used this kind of software before in your life. And now you're trying to learn it for the first time and it's your job. That's huge. And if you know that going in, you know how to do these sorts of things, you're going to excel way faster than someone who doesn't 
I totally agree with that, especially with um I had the same problem at iHeartMedia. Um I I was a good board operator in OC. I was board opping the two schmo show while broadcasting it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um as soon as I go to iHeart though, they have this way more complex system and I'm not gonna lie, I felt lost a lot of the time. I mm-hmm. definitely tried learning it. I was learning machines that most other people weren't learning, but Right. It was just that moment of like I know what to do, but I don't know how to do it because this equipment is something I've never seen before. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. And there was a lot of times where I'm so used to outdated equipment that I have to be more manual with that I couldn't trust the board to do its job because I've never seen a board do that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just... It's weird, man. A lot of the job just nowadays is is literally just relying on technology. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I would say for anyone who hasn't had an experience like that in their in their career at all, um, I, I think it's safe to say that pretty much everyone uses a standard keyboard for the most part. The vast majority of people use a standard keyboard for their day to day. Try changing to an ergonomic keyboard, like a hardcore ergonomic keyboard, especially one that's ortholinear, and you will be so frustrated every single day because you know how to type everyone knows how to type on a keyboard we've been doing it for the better part of two decades at this point if you've been in school since the early 2000s but if you try to type on this keyboard that like all the keys are there you can see all the keys but nothing's in the right spot everything's just slightly off yes and it's just so i guess the right way to put it is intimidating and frustrating it is you know what to do but you can't do it because you don't know where everything is um, when I worked at iHeart, um, again, I was the program director for my radio station and mm-hmm. I was able to look at the logs at iHeart and I could see where there were problems coming up and I was never allowed to have the full access to the catalog for obvious le- reasons, but there were points where I knew trouble was coming and I didn't know how to fix it because I couldn't do my job. And it was, I don't know, it, it's weird to lose that kind of power when you know your other equipment, but you can't work on the equipment you have now. Right, right. Yeah. And that's no way a fault of my education. It's more about my training at that point. 100%. I don't think there's any blame to be placed on any one person. It's, it's, you know, it's systemic. Yeah. It's like, it's a universal problem that is pretty persistent everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, I think college should probably start teaching how to be more flexible like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think they're getting better. Yes, for sure. I agree. Um, when I was in the JMC program, we talked about how it used to be you would have a beat and you would only do that one beat for the rest of your career. Yep. And now when we I went through the program, we had to be adapted at many, many, many things. Where I was more of a broadcast um, person, but I still hung around the Echo just so I could see how a newsroom functions for a newspaper. Yep. I used to hang out there specifically just because I wanted to see that. I hung around there on election night in 2016 just to see how a newsroom breaking a story would work. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, Joanne put me right to work with that. (laughs) Sounds like Joanne. It really does sound like Joanne. I miss her. 
She did a really great job. She she is. She is a blessing. Olivet, she is a blessing. So is Dane. Yes. Any other professors you want to shout out? Uh, Dr. Lewis. Dr. She's Lewis. excellent in the chemistry department. Never um, met her, but I will take Kyrell's word for it. Yep. She does an amazing job. Especially with as limited as uh, resources as they give her to work with. Yeah. Um, Dr. Flynn. Dr. Flynn's great in the music department. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Kime. Dr. Kime is great. There's a lot of great people at Olivet. Olivet really has good faculty. They do. They aren't paying us to say this, by the way. But no, they should. They should. They should. Yes. We could do some good recruiting. Pay, pay my student loans, Olivet. You know you want to. <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, I was reading a pretty interesting piece here. Apparently, the uh, whiskey brand Johnny Walker is starting to switch to paper bottles next year. Paper bottles? Yeah. How so? Because really, so they use glass, of course. Yes. Like most hard liquor does. And their parent company is uh, Diageo, something like that. I don't know. But they are launching a new firm called Pulpex that will specialize in producing paper packaging for liquids for their own brands, of course, as well as Unilever, who does, like, cleaning stuff, um, and PepsiCo, which is Bepis, the company. Bepis. I just think that's really cool. The idea is to cut down on plastics, of course, glass and plastics, but apparently these paper bottles will be 100% recyclable, so they're recycled the same way that you would any piece of cardboard or paper. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, if they can get it, to work from like a like a shelf life sort of a thing yeah and make sure that they're actually you know properly recyclable yeah all in for it yeah honestly the only thing i can think of is it would probably remind me of those milk cartons we had in grade school right where i constantly felt like i was drinking shavings from the milk on the milk right like going off of the carton yep i think these are I think these are going to be a higher quality than those were, since it's going to be more than just pressed cardboard. This is some um, very specific material. It's not just cardboard. It's a very specific pulp material they do it out of. But I think it's going to be really interesting because uh, I was reading this as well, but they mentioned it in the article back in January, Coca-Cola announced that they were absolutely not switching away from plastic bottles because apparently people still want plastic bottles. And if this goes through, like to the point where we see it on store shelves, I think it's going to be really interesting to see if people, because that's just a pure convenience thing. If you can buy, you know, a six pack of bottles of Pepsi or Mountain Dew versus a six pack of bottles of Coke and one is plastic and one's paper, I would at least be inclined to buy the one that's paper over the one that's plastic. If as long as it's the same price, do you, it's not causing me any more effort, right? Do you think they'll be cheaper though? Cause they don't have the bottle deposits on there. I don't know. I think for places where they have deposits, they just won't have a deposit on it in the first place. Yeah. Because the deposit system is all sort of cost neutral in the end. Yeah. It's, it's at least supposed to be. And the whole point of the deposit system is that it's supposed to be a way to get people to recycle. That's the whole point of it in the end. It's an incentive. You know, you paid into it at the start, so you get your money back when you recycle it. It's one for everyone. But with this, since they're just paper, 
you know, in theory, even if people aren't recycling them, if you just throw it out, it should still biodegrade over time, at least way quicker than plastic would, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. So, I'm in favor of it. I think it's a cool idea, and the, the packaging actually looks pretty cool. Uh, do you remember the, the the Fallout 76 rum scandal that they had? No. Where they were supposed to, they were supposed to make like the frosted glass yeah. sort of a look. Yeah, I remember. But it was, it looks a lot like that. It's that sort of matte, like matte finish to it. Oh wow! It actually looks pretty. It looks kind of nice. It looks classy. Yeah. I would put that on my shelf if I drank. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's going to be the real test for it, especially with something that's like a whiskey brand, because that's the kind of thing that you set on your shelf for maybe a year if you don't drink that much. Yeah, no, I think that it's really important that they went for the aesthetic choice. Yeah, and as long as it holds up, it doesn't, you know, start to break down inside the bottle, it should be good. Yeah, no, I'm 100% for this. Hmm. I, for one, welcome our new paper bottle, Overlords. (laughs) Yes. Trying to think of what else there was I had pulled up here. I'm trying to do all this on my phone. I don't have a computer right now, so it's a bit, it's a bit awkward. Suffer. I am. (laughs) Very much so. I was talking with um, one of my employees at work. And we were talking about how this is I, – I, I originally made my prediction for COVID to last at least until uh, Ju- July, which mm-hmm. your boy was right on that, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, And now I'm pretty much just going to say until there's a vaccine, we're probably going to be living with it. Yeah, yeah to some degree. Yeah, we, we will be. Yeah. And um, um, at this point, I was talking to my employee – and I was like, come on, we got to make the vaccine. We're going to make so much money off this. And um, I think I said something along the lines of, with your theater arts experience and my journalism and music experience, we are totally qualified <laughs> to make a vaccine. Yes. Now, Mr. Chemist, do you want to join us in making that vaccine? Honestly, no. Darn. You know, I don't know how much money there is. there's going to be in it. Because most of the reports that I've been seeing, and they seem pretty legit, yeah. is that there's not going to be a vaccine in this year. No. It's going to be early. It's going to be 2021 at the earliest, and that makes sense. You know, vaccines take a really, really long time to make, and the only reason we're able to do the flu vaccine that we are as fast as we are is realistically because we guess at what the next flu strains are going to be. It's an educated guess. And it's based on stuff that we already know that we've already made. Making a completely new vaccine like this is not going to be cheap for any of these companies that do it. And it's mostly universities at this point that are doing all the work because, you know, there isn't a profit to be made in that step. And when it comes to actually distributing it, you know, there's practically not going to be a country out there that's not going to nationalize it. You're not going to make a profit off of it. Well, don't forget the insurance companies are going to want their slice. Yeah. It's just even if they, I, I don't know, it's gonna be messy. It's gonna be so Especially messy, especially in the U.S. And you know, some pharmacies are gonna try going for that exclusive deal. Get your COVID vaccine only at Walgreens. Yeah. 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 Not to mention, anti-vaxxers are still a thing. They are. 
I do wonder if this is going to be the, the polio of our generation that sort of helps realign everything. You know, we've got, like, literally tens of thousands of cases a day in Florida now. There's going to be consequences of that. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to die. There's going to be even more people who are going to have really long-lasting physical conditions the same way that we saw with polio. Even if it didn't kill you, you're going to have serious health complications for the rest of your life. And maybe this will be enough to, to convince enough people, at least, that you know this kind of thing is real, and we need to take it seriously. What What are some of the health consequences we're seeing from being exposed to COVID? So the major thing, I mean, the obvious thing is uh, issues with people's lungs, of course. That's the most obvious physical symptoms that we're seeing so far, and what people are being treated for those mostly. But there's been a lot of preliminary, very early studies that are looking into people who have died of COVID and trying to see what other underlying symptoms they've had that have been hidden. And one of the things that has come up, and this isn't at all exclusive to COVID, but there's been uh, reports of people who are having heart disease issues, people who are having even more problems with their lungs than we thought, and more than that, people who are having problems with extensive blood clotting. And all of these things are, you know, they're secondary symptoms to the actual primary problems with covid where you you know you can't breathe that's yeah. like the big thing yeah you know you're not going to be worried about a blood clot in your thigh when you can't breathe but 10 years down the line if you live through covid and you still have these issues with your heart not working right your lungs not working right and issues with blood clots that may have persisted that's basically going to kill you you're going to have strokes you're going to have heart attacks early and it's going to be a major problem um people who have had more severe symptoms are having long lasting issues just with regular breathing with their lungs you know it, it's going to be stuff like that i can only imagine like the united states has a lot of smokers yeah yeah yeah, yeah and i'm wondering how the smoking companies are going to expect this to eat into their profits because let's face it some people don't get the iron lung yeah i'm not sure i think for the most part today smoking is already on the decline in pretty much everywhere in the u.s at least yeah it's much the profits that smoking companies are getting are coming from less developed places um and something like a plain packaging law is gonna cause people to stop using cigarettes much more than you know covid is because, I mean, think about it. Everyone knows at this point what smoking does to you. It's not like it's some murky secret or there's any uncertainty. No, people know that if you smoke, eventually it's going to kill you. And I think there's a lot of people that have just accepted that. And whether that's you die because you're smoking or if you die because you have complications with COVID, you know, if you're a smoker and you get pneumonia, you're going to have the same complications. It's a risk that you've already sort of taken at that point. You're already facing the consequences of it. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a thing. Not as much as, you know, people like you or I would hope, at least. Yeah. Are you sure that I would hope against it? Maybe I hope for it. I don't know. I guess that is your decision to make. Dun, dun, dun. But no, um, one thing I find kind of... Smoking in- bad. Yeah. One thing I've kind of found interesting about COVID is since it started, I've seen cigarette prices go up a lot. What prices? Cigarette prices. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially at my Not store. Sure. 
I wouldn't be surprised. I, I mean, I, I figure there's probably got to be you know shortages and the like for that, just like with everything. I would assume. Yeah. People buying in bulk. Um, because all I hear are smokers coming to the store complaining about how we scam them, and I'm like, we don't make a penny off those. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. It's interesting because I mean, compared to like usually cigarette prices tends to stay pretty well in line with like gas prices. So that's interesting that they went up when gas prices went way down. I'm like seeing about nine dollars per pack. I have no idea if that's high or not. Oh, it's high. <laughs> okay, when I started working uh, with cigarettes at the store, they were like low, I mid seven dollar packs. Okay, yeah, so that's a pretty big jump. Yeah. And it's only been growing since COVID started. Hmm. Yeah, I believe it. Um, Don't smoke, kids. Yeah, it's just not worth it. It's too expensive at this point. It's a bad habit for your wallet. You can, you know... I dare say it's gonna kill you. Eventually, it will kill you. Yeah, I mean, that's just facts. I've never met a smoker who hasn't died. Yep. Or yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Ooh. Oh my God! I have delicious news. What's that? I think my cousin just got a ferret. Ooh. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted a ferret, ladies and gentlemen. And um, this is just taunting me. Any exotic pets you've ever wanted, Cairo? I want a fox. I've always wanted a pet fox. Really? Yes. But they're expensive. They are. But I think it'd be cool. Because they're kind of like... You know, they're smarter than, like, like ferrets, I guess. Oh. Just for, we're talking about it. Because, I mean, they're more like cats and dogs, so they're behaviorally similar. Okay. Good, good know, ferrets save. Can be, ferrets are more, like, energetic, you know? Yes. And they can be more of a handful than something like a dog. Hmm. But a fox that's been domesticated is, like, basically already a dog. So. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever seen those uh, Russian experiments where they're breeding domesticated foxes? Yes, I have. That's why I want one because they look awesome. <laughs> it's all the fun of a dog with the portability of a cat. Pretty much. Ugh. But I have no idea. I am sure they're expensive. That's the that's the major barrier. Let's see. Buying domesticated. Oh, number two. $8,000 in the approval of K. Fedwa. Yeah, I believe it. Huh. I'm not seeing a single site that lets me buy them. It just tells me the price. I found exoticanimalsforsale.net. Okay, let's do this. What did they have? They have kangaroos. I don't want a kangaroo anti-fox. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Exotic 
Ah, uh, animals, Price is Right. Ba-da-bum. Let's see. 2500 Okay, that's not too bad. For what? A Fennec Fox. Oh. I mean, at that price, ow. This is the problem with being outside, is I'm getting swarmed by flies now. Uh, but that that's a that's like expensive dog money, you know? Yeah, that's breeding dog. I don't think right. That's the the kind of thing that you would kind of expect. Oh, here we go. Five week old Arctic fox pups for four hundred bucks in Ohio. Are they pups? Apparently. Huh. I thought they were called kits. Yeah. They're calling them pups. And they look adorable. Ooh. Baby Jeffrey Mommersats. These are weird animals. Why would people want these? Yeah. A marmoset? Yeah. I don't know. Everyone's got their thing, right? People are trying to sell kittens of, like, big cats. Man, $4,000. Silver fox babies. Four-week-old silver fox. Yeah, they call them. They're, they're definitely called kits. person just doesn't know what they're talking about. I found one called Eggs for sale. Eggs? Eggs. Um, They are just exotic bird eggs. Hmm. Are they meant to be, like, raised? Or I, I believe so, because they tell me, like, who the parents them? are. <laughs> Otherwise... Today... This is the most morbid that. breakfast The chef special today is the daughter of Jeff and Michelle. <laughs> Like, how morbid would that be to go to some high-end restaurant and it gives you the name of the animal you're eating? I'd go for the Coke bottle theory. Find one with my name. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Ooh, I can get a female camel. It's in Michigan. Holy crap. It, there's a camel, camel in Michigan for sale. There's, oh, what else can we find? Ooh, a chocolate dormitory bowl. I mean, if it's made of chocolate, that just seems like a good value. Doesn't it? I can't find a price on my camel. But it was Peruvian bread, and it's good natured. Nice. And it's 13 years old. See, I would rather have one that had timid nature. I think that that's better for the IVs and the EVs, but, you know, you can do you. I mean, let, let, let's see what timid nature would give us. If you had a timid nature camel, it would be very fast, but it have low attack. Mm-hmm. What's the point in giving a camel a high speed stat? No one's going to expect that. You go into battle, they see a camel, they're just like... I know what's going to happen here. And then it just starts smacking you. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you want a capybara? Nah, I feel like they'd be kind of dirty. They just don't look like clean animals. What the hell is with all these exotic animals being in Michigan of all places? I think, okay. So this is, like, actually legit. There used to be a huge problem with lions in Detroit because of all the gangs and stuff. 
stuff. You know, you're a you're a you're a drug lord, and you want an exotic animal. You get a lion, of course. <laughs> but then they realize, oh shit, this is an actual lion, and they don't want to deal with it, or they get busted by the cops, and the cops are like, we can't handle a lion. We aren't equipped for this kind of crap. So they get sent off to zoos. Why the hell do you lions destroy? <laughs> Is that where the sports team came from? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I don't think so. Because they've been called the Lions for a long time. Meaning of Detroit Lions. Um, My father would be so proud of me. He's got a problem with the Lions. There's a whole Wikipedia page called The History of the Detroit Lions. Hmm. Oh, man. You can buy Savannah Savannah cats? I don't even know what that is. They're out in California. Oh, jeez. But now all I can think of... Oh, perfect. A serval. All I can think of now is from Archer, Archer with the ocelot named Babu. <laughs> Ooh, I found another camel. This one's in Missouri. This is exactly that. I found an albino skunk baby. That seems like a bad idea, an albino skunk. I don't know. Okay, so I know with skunks, they actually make pretty good pets as long as they're raised right. And you can take them to certain vets who can remove the glands that they produce the smell from, that stuff. And it's a similar process for, like, having them spayed or neutered, from what I've heard. Huh. Um, apparently, before the Detroit Lions were the Detroit Lions, they were the Portsmouth Spartans. Interesting. Yeah. Which was in Ohio. So, much like the actual Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions were from a foreign land that got uh, smuggled into Detroit, probably for drug laundering. Yep. Yep. There we go. can buy a sugar glider for 250 bucks that's way cheaper than i thought that's a good deal that's a bargain like per pound per cute average yes yeah especially compared to some of these like i don't i don't get the kinds of people who buy the big cats as kittens no you know they're gonna get big yeah how like you have to be ready for that why not just buy a kitten exactly just buy an actual cat. Not God's perfect killing machine. My dog is freaking out downstairs, and excuse me one second while I go check on her. Yeah, no problem. And if I don't make it back, it's because the robber shot me in cold blood. <laughs> oh, snap. Something I'm a coward. Yeah, this is a bit of uh this is the kind of thing that would probably a few years ago probably more than that even would have been a bit more discreet than it is now i'm not sure how exotic animal laws have changed necessarily but it seems like okay i figured out the mystery what was going on oh uh, my uncle is down there with my cousins and they're testing out like a dirt bike in our huge lawn I believe that's it. 
That would do it. Yep. So I have a new favorite post that I found on this website. Hit me. Someone has a young Egyptian fruit bat for $1,000. <laughs> and they clearly took a picture of it while it was hanging upside down. <laughs> and they put it right side up. Oh, I found an armadillo. My dog is and, freaking out down there. And rather than... than Chiral? All of their notifications on the bottom of the screen, and it's just... You are cutting out bad. You are cutting out so bad. I think Kyrill's dead, everybody. And die there for blue. <clears throat> What's that? You were cutting out so bad. I think I'm cutting out. Yeah, I have a feeling I was. Yeah. I kept saying it. I don't think you heard me. No, I didn't. Ooh, I found coyote pups. USDA licensed facility. Actual just wolf pups. <laughs> that won't go wrong. Photo was taken before disaster. Ooh, you can submit an animal for sale. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah, this is really like the Craigslist of exotic animals. It really is. There's also like links to other sites for taxidermy for sale, hawks for sale. Fish for yep. sale. Pigeons. You want a pigeon? Pigeons are actually pretty popular. I used to know someone who had a pigeon. Really? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Huh. I mean, it's really no different than any other sort of exotic bird. But, yeah, it was actually kind of cool. I'm looking at the tropical fish one. I like pictures of fishies. Did you ever have a, f a fish tank as a kid? I did. So. I feel like they're a good beginner pet. They can be. I've had a couple of fish over the years. Um, the main fish that I had were was a beta. Oh, boy. Um, and we always used to have, like, there's a little tank that was in my room with the beta fish. And we have cats, of course. And the tank has a lid, though. So, one day, we found out that the fish was just gone. It had disappeared, and we couldn't find it. But there wasn't, like, a mess or anything anywhere. And the lid was still on, so we knew it hadn't been, like, the cat that had gotten it. The fish just disappeared. And it was the weirdest thing. You know, it, it was, like, it was like actually just gone. And we couldn't figure out where it went. Darwin would say he grew legs and walked away. Until about five years, I'd say, later. Yeah. We were uh, cleaning out our vents on the floor, and apparently the fish had managed to jump out of the tank and down into the vent. Where what? It promptly died. Yep. And it was just a little fish skeleton. Your, your fish committed suicide. <laughs> apparently. Wow. <laughs> 
So yeah. And we had we had, had other fish too. It was just this one beta just was not happy for some reason. Sounds but like a real life also, beta. Yeah, right. But we also had uh like the little bottom feeder kinds. Yeah. Yeah, we had a couple of those guys. They were cool. I had a lot of neon tetras. Because they're like my favorite fish aesthetically. Yeah. They're firefly fish. They are cool. They are. Um, hmm. It says here my neon tetras came all the way from South Africa. Oh, I'm sorry, That's Amazon. The South America. Have you ever seen like actual accurate maps? Of of what? Like the world. Some, yeah. It's hard to make an accurate map, though. Yeah. Um, I just found out about how maps tend to make South Africa, I'm sorry, South America and Africa, like, so much smaller than they actually are. Yep. Yep. Which I don't understand why, but okay. Australia, too. Yeah? Yeah, Australia is the exact same size as the continental U.S., Actually, I'm looking at an accurate map, and that looks about right. Mm -hmm. Oh, snap. But yeah, because the you know the world is curved, of course. It's a globe. so. Don't say that out too loud. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be, like, that'd be the one benefit, if it wasn't, was that you could actually have a map that showed everything in the right size. Yeah. But because it's not, you have to either cut something in half or squish something to be the wrong size to get it to be accurate which it's... is why globes are actually the best way of having a map who would have guessed globes are science fiction Chiral. I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> what is this third dimension you're talking about you see I only speak science I don't know what you got your degree in, Chiral, but it's clearly not science. Clearly not. What I don't. I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. No, you don't. Did you study geography? Afraid not. Of course. Um, what is it? I'm trying to find it. I found a meme the other day. It was a guy's YouTube channel about how he was trying to prove flat Earth theory. And then, like, as his channel goes on, he slowly starts realizing he was conned into believing Flat Earth. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. That is one of the things that I do love, is that the the whole Flat Earth thing only works when people stop reading more about it. Because everyone who has ever believed that the Earth was flat and has then always gone to prove that it's flat has always proved that it's not. Every yes. single time. You remember when they started making their own rockets to prove the Earth was flat and they just found the curvature of the Earth? Yep. And they just found the curvature of the Earth because that's what you're going to find. <laughs> this only works if it's if it's, it's curved. It's curved all along. Mm -hmm. It's great. So one thing that I, I was going to have us talk about, but yeah. I can't now because it's been uh, reversed. <clears throat> there was supposed to be the first federal execution in 17 years today oh yeah but a judge has ordered it to be delayed again 
So, no do. Oh, darn. Yeah. And here I was getting the popcorn ready, going to bring the kids over. We were going to watch it live. Mm-hmm. Well, that was actually one of the recent uh, reasons that it was delayed. It was supposed to happen back in January. No, not January. Earlier this year. But the uh, victims, the family of the people who this guy murdered, were arguing that they had a right to witness the execution themselves and that because of covid there was no way that they could safely guarantee that and because of that they had to hold off on the execution until after that point so that they could actually be present for it wait okay why would yeah, you want to like, watch yes, the execution? that is exactly what revenge basically <laughs> yeah that is the only reason that's just yeah. this guy was charged over 20 years ago remember yeah it's been a long time this happened in the 90s and these people are still fighting to be like you know it's like oh it's a weird mix of extremely traditional like we want to be there to see the execution but also weirdly progressive like but not because we don't want to get covid you know it's like all the right reasons with all the wrong reasons yeah it's so bizarre we 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 live in the strangest timeline we really do thanks harambe Mm -hmm. I like how the internet has all, like, established everything weird is because of that damn gorilla. Mm-hmm. Apparently this latest stay... Uh, so they, they were doing it today because a judge had ruled that, no, you don't have a right to be present, which kind of makes sense. Um, but apparently this recent stay was because of the government's use of lethal injection and their calls around it. There's still challenges, sort of generally... I'm sorry, I just saw something on my uh, feed that made me question all of existence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, do share. Um, so, you know how Trump was wearing a mask the other day, right? Yes. Which, good for him. Congratulations, Donnie. Um, I don't know why, but Yahoo News on the front page just said, Trump identifies the coronavirus as hoax. Which, why are we going back to that? whole thing's dumb. It's really dumb. Why do we politicize a disease? Same way that we politicize everything, it seems. We politicize everything? Yep. I mean, think about it. We do. As a country, the U.S. politicizes pretty much everything that can. So you're saying my love for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is political? Yes. Specifically nice. when it comes to uh, copyright law. <laughs> I'm not wrong. You're not. <laughs> Dang, I was trying to find a way out of that, but you got me. You got me. Yeah. No, someone will, if, if you like something, someone will find some way to ruin it. Oh, great. Yep. I need to find a way. Okay. I'm going to find a way to find something to like that's not political. It's challenging. I've, there's probably something out there, but it's also probably really boring. My happy light, compact light, um, depression helping uh, light. I like that light. How's that political? 
depression is a social construct, <laughs> and anybody who is depressed just needs to stop being depressed. You know, fuck off, Butch and Hartman. If, if if the libtards would stop coddling everyone. <laughs> uh, did you hear about the Butch Hartman controversy that happened again? I haven't, no. Butch Hartman needs to get off the internet. The man Does created he... six episodes of a six uh six episodes of a six minute cartoon, right? Okay. He put on a Christian service. It's a Christian cartoon. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. How much do you think it costs to buy these episodes so you could view them from the comfort of your home? Oh, jeez. I have no idea. Six six-minute episodes, so like 35 minutes total. Pretty much. Uh, I would hope not more. I mean, I would if I had to price something like that, 30 bucks at most. $130. You're too cheap. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's absurd. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so everybody's mad at him now. Yeah. Did he have, like, actual control over the pricing of it? I do not know 100% sure, but he's done stuff like this before. Yeah. I know that I've heard some cases there was a writer for Magic the Gathering that had their book uh, pulled from where it was originally published for free and was put up for to be you know like paid for later and they got a bunch of crap for it but it wasn't their decision so yeah if he's done stuff like this in the past then yeah criticism but after that i try to be I, you know, it, it's good to be careful because yeah there's always a difference between the actual artist who does something and the company who actually owns it at the end of the you know i was going to tweet a storm about this last night but you've given me the platform for it i hate commercialized art it sucks. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% done with commercialized art a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go on this massive rant last night about it on Twitter, but I decided, nope, that's not a great platform for it. I'm tired. I'm not going to make a lot of sense because I hate <laughs> when I emotionally tweet at night, but oh well. Yeah. I think there's some places, like, like well, sort of on topic, Magic and Wizards of the Coast does a good job with their art because they have policies in place that basically says anything related to magic the gathering can be used by anyone and that's pretty much a full stop like that is their policy on it so they don't worry about copyright or anything like that it's just if you want to use it you can use it that's fair really it makes it really easy so you know it, it also leads to problems though because it means that anybody can make Magic the Gathering merchandise of anything, even if there's an official version of it. Um, but yeah, there's some pretty some pretty bad stuff out there. As a rule, it's not good. No. Um, I was uh, kind of like... I've realized in music a lot that there's a lot of people trying to make money off TikTok and selling their music through TikTok. That's such a bad idea. Well, I was looking at it, and I looked at, like, a lot of the songs that are popular nowadays. Yeah. Like, I feel like Billie Eilish could not have been popular if it weren't for TikTok. Or, like, this new, like, micro-music, as I'm calling it. Where everything's got to be these short little ideas that can be repeated super, super, super quickly. Um, Like, Bad Guy really doesn't have much of a melody. Yeah. And, and it's just a hook. It's an interesting idea for sure. I could see there's definitely some some 
some validity to it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but well, whatever. No, I don't have a new musicology degree. <laughs> I don't. I'm just you know 11 years strong as a musician. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. In there would have to be a. I don't know. I feel like that's the same way with all the video game developers that are pushing all these microtransactions and stuff so heavily. I can see how it could work, but that seems like a huge risk at the same time. Yeah. No, it's like the, how do you do fellow kids meme. <laughs> You're really banking on having some people who understand your audience to make that work. I also want to just point out, I'm not dissing on Billie Eilish, but I do acknowledge that mm, her music is easily markable. It's very easily markable, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a reason it's popular. Yeah. Oh, did you ever hear about books? I'm going to need you to be a little bit more specific than just books. Yeah. Uh, what they're <laughs> doing with books now. Carol, do you yeah. like cracking open a nice cold one with the boys and reading a nice book? Uh, on occasion. Yeah. Um, did you know book companies are starting to uh, cater less to men because they're not profitable? Men aren't profitable in books? Yeah. Really? I was uh, reading something the other day. I'm going to see if I can try finding it. Um, about how book companies, book publishers, um, are trying to cater more to women because women are more likely to read a book than a man. So the, there have been books that have like a male protagonist changed to a female one, and their whole plots centered more around female-centric issues. Huh. Yeah. I can. I guess I can see that. I think it really depends. If we're talking like fiction then yeah i definitely agree with that and i think we have got decades of history that supports it you know just look at the entire genres of like the sh i don't i don't want to say shitty but low effort romance novel types of books yeah you know and just the sheer volume of books that a woman will purchase certain women will purchase in that genre is huge massive but in my opinion those books are kind of they're, they're, they're low effort they're low quality oh yeah no they also have lots it's of like, plot holes it's like fast food it's like fast food you know yeah I mean I'd be curious to see to read more into that because I have no idea but I can see where they would be coming from for sure I don't think this is what I was reading but I do have a Huffington Post article that's pretty similar to it mm -hmm. yeah the Huff Post my bad Huff Post so dumb isn't it but i don't know it's like i don't agree with that because i read a lot but then i realize out of all the books i've bought recently a lot of them are more historical or philosophical stuff mm -hmm. um and i've bought a lot of comic books lately yeah yeah that's what i'm wondering though is like what do they constitute as a book does a comic book count as a book? Does a newspaper count as a book? Does, you know, does a like a technical journal count as a book? Because I get a technical magazine every week from my American Chemical Society membership. Does that count as a book? No. Does not count. I mean, I don't know what their basis for it is, though. That's true. I'm sure they don't count it as a book, but there's plenty of them that I would. 
They're I don't know. basically books in a different layout. Yeah. A book by any other name. <laughs> I just don't get... I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of companies are using art to chase profits, and it's really killing a lot of possible ideas, and art has been stagnant lately. Yep. Art and literature. That is one thing that I worry about with people changing stories to cater to a certain market. Yes. I think that's kind of bullshit. I agree. Just on a surface level, that's wrong. It shouldn't matter. You know, that that is the whole point of equality is that gender does not matter. If a story is good, a story should be good regardless. Of course. And if, you know, just it is the way that things are that a guy is going to struggle to write a story from a female perspective. That's just a fact. There's completely different factors that go into it. Of course. And the same is true the other way. But a good story, a well-written story, should be able to be pretty objectively proven to be that. Have you ever noticed how Miyazaki uh, has a lot of female protagonists in his movies? No, but... Not, you know, now that you mention it, yeah. Yeah, it's because he tries writing for the female perspective, so he works a little harder at it. Mm -hmm. So that he knows when he wrote a good story, it's a good story. Right. Yeah. That's not just something that you can change in the editing room. No. That's too fundamental. I mean, look what they tried doing with Star Wars by switching genders. Yeah, I think Star Wars has many more problems than that, though. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's the giant plot holes. There's the giant yeah. lack of world building. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of films, yes. I saw the new Hamilton movie. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's actually really, really good. Is it? Um, it's definitely worth the cost of a, a month of Disney Plus is like seven bucks, and that's cheaper than a movie ticket to most places. And it's well worth it. It's a great movie. It easily does a more than adequate job of capturing the play in a format that is watchable. Hmm. Is it better it's than Shrek the Musical? Uh. Shrek the Musical, I don't know. Oh, because I've seen Shrek the Musical, unfortunately. Have I ever told you that story? Shrek. I don't think so. I don't even think I've heard of this. There's a Shrek Musical. It's on Netflix. So okay. You can watch it if you have a Netflix subscription. Um, my girlfriend really likes musicals, and she's been trying to yeah. get me into musicals. Yeah. Yeah. So I musicals are good. There are good musicals. There are some really good musicals. I've uh, I've conceded to that. Um. So one of the first musicals we ever watched was Shrek the Musical because it looked bad, and I assure you, yes. it looks bad. It was okay. Good. It should be bad. That should be the worst thing ever. Yes. Um. What do you think the first song in Shrek the Musical is? Uh, it should be. Smash Mouth. Yes. Isn't it? It's not. It should be. What, what do they replace it with? It is a song about Shrek growing up as an ogre and not being able to fit into his family's ideas of ogre. <laughs> and I feel it's bad because it's like Shrek in that scene is played by like a small little boy and he looks yeah. so confused the whole time. 
That's terrible. And we get to see Shrek's parents too, so that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna look up the songs. Um, because there's some bad stuff in here. Yeah. Yeah, straight up, they add a whole bunch of new stuff to the Shrek story that doesn't need to be in there. I will say though, for Hamilton, yes, the I've never seen something presented that way because usually when you have a musical that's adapted from stage to like more of a traditional film piece, it's made to look like a film, like the same way they did with Lemis. Yes, they made it to look like a film. But with Hamilton, it's literally just recorded from one of their productions. There's like an actual audience, and it's just actually them on the stage, just with a couple of cameras set up to capture different angles. That's some big dick energy. I haven't seen anything filmed like that before. And it feels new, I guess is the way I would put it, because I've not seen anything like that before. So it doesn't feel quite so natural, but I could really see them doing something like that with musicals in the future for a way to just make it more accessible in general. Yeah. And I think that if they refined it, they could have something very profitable. Because it's definitely not a replacement for, like, you know, going and seeing a show in person. Oh, cool. But of course. As the next best thing, it is the next best thing. Okay. So you ready for some of these songs? Yes, please. Okay. So... There is no... Okay, there's only one song that was written in the original Shrek that is in this musical. Jeez, that's terrible. And we'll get to the... We'll, we'll talk about it in the end. But we have okay. some songs, such as uh, Story of My Life, which is sung by every fairy tale creature that is not Shrek. <laughs> it is the second song... Past the uh, big, bright, beautiful world, which is the Shrek origin story. Okay. Which is listed as a scene between Mama Ogre and Papa Ogre in Shrek. <laughs> uh, there is. I. What? Someone had to write this ironically, and someone took it too seriously. I, I'm on the Wikipedia page. <sighs> there is, is a song called What's Up, Duloc? Sung by Lord Farquaad and the Duloc Performers. There is... Where is it? There's a really cringy-sounding song. Where is it? Donkey Pot Pie. That's terrible. Yes. It is sung by Donkey and Dragon. And This is like the first Shrek, right? This is the first Shrek. Only they've completely ruined everything about it. There's a song by Shrek called Build a Wall. <laughs> okay, now I know they're just, like, actually memeing at this point. <laughs> I remember that song, actually. It's the song... No, this is from, like, 2010, isn't it? Or something like that? Yes. This is not new. <laughs> God. Let's just say it has made a very influential impression on our world. There is a song about all the fairy tale creatures coming together to uh, reconcile that they're not normal called Freak Flag. Jeez. Yeah, the fairy tale creatures have more of a bearing That's, in this plot, if you can't tell. I can't, I can actually. Yeah. I don't know why, but there's just something. That's actually the first name for a song that I've heard that actually doesn't sound terrible. 
Like it, everything else just sounds either so generic or so specific that you would never want to experience it again. But at least that one has a name that is relatable to a lot of people. There is the ballad. It also of, doesn't sound completely dumb. There is the ballad of Farquad. That's pretty dumb. Yes. Air guitar crossover between Fiona and Shrek. Air guitar? Air guitar crossover. Jeez. And the final song of the musical, what do you think it is? I have no idea. I'm a believer. (laughs) So they spent all of their money licensing that one song. Yes. And then we're like, well, I guess we got to make a movie or a play out of the rest of this. Yep. That's awful. It's no Hamilton. No, no, not quite. Sounds a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> Was it every Hamilton everything you expected it to be? I don't know. It's very, very interesting. It's good. Like, just in its own right, it is good. Um, as it's As a musical on its own as long as you're not like a massive prude or a massive racist, you should be able to enjoy it because it's just well done. It's got talented actors. The music's well written, but from like a more intellectual like side of it, it's very interesting because it's so much different from any other mainstream musical scene. What would you describe that as like, like what's so different about it? The music, mostly the music, ah. because it's got so much hip hop in it. Yeah, hip hop inspired. It's just completely different. It makes it unique. I will say this: or it's at least the first one that's gained any real traction and popularity outside of you know niche areas. It's universally popular, and it is that, and that makes it unique. I've only heard the opening number, Alexander Hamilton, mm-hmm. but I will say it is. It's good. That's a good song. It's good. It's well done. It's well written. Yeah. The the line the $10 founding father got a lot farther. That that line. Mm-hmm. I love that line. Yep. It's like that's fire. Yep. I will say though. Uh uh I don't think that Lynn Manuel is the best person to play Alexander Hamilton. And that's probably super controversial, but the you know, like C tier actor who played it when I saw it after it's, you know, on its third year running in Chicago at a matinee show. He, in my opinion, did a much better job of playing the role. Ow. It's not to say that Lynn Manuel is not bad at all. He's an amazing writer, he's an amazing director, and he is an amazing actor. But to fill the role of you know, the lead character, his voice just doesn't have enough power in it. Really? That's just my opinion. Hmm. I don't know. I gotta he see. He does. It. He does a great job, but and you would if you haven't seen anyone else do the role. I don't think you'd be able to tell. It's one of those things that you can't really notice until you're able to compare them. Hmm. So, on the other hand, though, there are other members of the, the original cast because the Disney one is the full original cast who were much better than the version of it that I saw on stage. Uh, particularly Eliza Skywalker, uh, uh, Hamilton's wife, the original actress for that absolutely phenomenal like no comparison she does an amazing job but yeah I and mean, overall 
Like it has like a 99% or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's justified. There's flaws you can point out, but they're minor. I respect that they did they did a recording of the actual play in Mm -hmm. itself, and not just a theatrical like cinematic version. It's really cool. Yeah, I respect that. I think that says a lot about how damn good the play is. Mm -hmm. Well, the musical. Yep, yep. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing, even if... I don't know. I think it's well worth it. If you have access to internet and a smart TV, it's worth going for it. It's not. It, it's a little under three hours, but you know what movie isn't nowadays? And there is an actual intermission in it. Even though it's pre-recorded and streamed, it has a one-minute intermission in the middle where the intermission is supposed to be. That's good. I kind of like that. So it's it's very true to its roots. That's good. I was kind of worried that Disney was trying to milk Hamilton money, and I'm kind of glad it's got the justice it deserved. I was. Too. And I know that they had to change a couple of lines in it so it, like, fit for ratings and stuff, but yeah. I couldn't tell. So That's good. Anyone, like, especially if you haven't seen, if, if you see the Disney Plus version of Hamilton, you have seen Hamilton, and that's just the reality of it. You're not seeing some different neutered version of it it is the same so you mean when mickey comes on stage and starts spouting about how you need to buy disney products halfway through that's true to the original vision it was absolutely in there oh good yeah but it's very good i highly recommend it uh that's funny oh boy kids that hamilton guy sure has swagger But you know has real swagger? My merchandise. Oh, jeez. So, still no movies coming out. Yeah, there's still nothing. That's sad. It, It makes sense, though. I'm hoping... I don't know. I have mixed opinions. I want there to be new movies to come out, but I also know and recognize that really need to still be social distancing and everything so oh i agree it's conflicting i wish that more movie companies go the direct to streaming route because i think it's going to prove more and more viable as time goes on i agree and honestly it's probably more profitable for a lot you know for the actual production company themselves you're literally cutting out the middleman of the movie theaters especially when you're someone like disney who controls the platform so you're going to make more money. That's why they can offer Disney Plus for 7 bucks when a movie ticket for one person costs 10 plus. Yeah, of course. So, I'm trying to see if there's anything I watched over the weekend on Netflix. But then I remembered I have no life and I work all day. <laughs> I feel that. You feel that? I've been rewatching I've been rewatching Archer lately. Of course you have been. It's such a good shoot series. I've been rewatching Daredevil. That is also as good. Also so good. Oh, did you ever hear about Clone High? Uh, yeah. Sounds familiar. Why, though? It is this kind of cult classic MTV cartoon. Yeah. About all these famous people who are cloned and all their teenage clones are going to high school with each other. 
Yes, I definitely. I haven't seen this, but I definitely have heard about. It. If we ever do another Schmoes Watch series, I want us to do this because mm-hmm. they only got one season and it's coming back. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it is it is my humor. This show made me. I was crying, laughing, watching this last night. Mhm. It's really good. One of my favorite things is uh, JFK, is uh, the one the stereotypical jocks. And he does something dickish to a student, and he like bullying them, and he drives away in his car and says, Ha ha ha, nothing bad happens to the Kennedys. And then his car just flips over. <laughs> That's good. Uh, it's just, it, it's so good. It's a really good show. Um, Muhammad Gandhi's in it, and he says something on the line of, if there's one thing Mahatma Gandhi stands for, it's always justice and sweet revenge. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. So good. I want the I want the reboot so bad. They actually teased the reboot in uh, Spider Verse. It's by the same writers as Spider Verse too. Cairo. Yes. Did you hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm reading through some of the controversy about uh, why it was canceled. Oh, yeah. Just apparently the depiction of Gandhi did not vibe well with all of India. They actually talked about changing his uh, character to actually be a clone of Gary Coleman. Yeah, I was reading that. Quote, we pitched that and it went up to the top at Viacom again and I got a big no. (laughs) It's a good show. Uh, if you, like, I remember seeing uh, yeah. in Spider Verse they had a promo for something called Clone College, and I flipped <laughs> out. And now it's been rebooted. It def- yeah, it definitely sounds like a smart show. It it really is. We need to watch it. It's really good. Mm-hmm, All the sure. episodes are on it's YouTube. Canadian. Of course, it's Canadian. All the good animated shows are Canadian in some way. You notice that? Yeah. I don't get it. What is up with Canada? I don't know. It's just like, I mean, it's kind of eerie in a way, but it's true. And I guess it maybe it's just as much because Canada and the U.S. culturally are so similar that I know Canada gets a lot of test products that are meant for the U.S. So it could just be that because of that, they just have a lot of overlap in other things like this. That could be it. And it would make sense. You know, the politically, they're at least maybe not so much now, but you know, twenty years ago they were pretty pretty close. I agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, and guess who their home row teacher is? Who's that? Dolly the sheep. <laughs> nice. I, I knew you like that, you science boy. Yes. Anything else you want to add to the show? That about covers it. Okay. You want to call it here? Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the infamous Orion, and I've been a Schmo. I'm Cairo, and I've been a Schmo. And I wait Clone High Season 2 eventually. Why'd I have to end on a cliffhanger? Thank you, and have a good night. Uh-huh.